Ladies and gentlemen, hello! It's the Paul Leslie Hour. Today's episode is very special, to say the least. You could also say this interview you're about to hear goes back to the birth of Paul's broadcasting career. That's right, well, you hear it. You're going to be hearing an interview with pianist Phyllis Floyd. Now, Phyllis is a talented musician. She was a witness to the production of pretty much every radio show from the early couple of years. She's also the mother of renowned musician and entertainer, Jeff Pike. (laughs) Now, this is a rare interview with Phyllis, one that was and continues to be treasured by Paul and by many others. She is a delightful girl. You know, one of the things we're proud of here at the Paul Leslie Hour and are delighted to present to you is a vast catalog of interviews, and it's all made possible with the cooperation of our listeners, people with ears and hearts. You can help the mission by opening your heart, going to thepaulleslie.com and clicking on Support the Show. That's www.thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show, and our heart goes right back to you. Thank you. Well, I see no reason to delay. Just me talking? Hmm. Let's hear the tape. Here's Paul Leslie and Phyllis Floyd in conversation. You surely will enjoy, ladies and gentlemen, the charming, one-of-a-kind Phyllis Floyd. Then I'll interview you. (laughs) Go ahead. What would you do if the New York Times called and said they just wanted to ask a few questions over the phone? If the New York Times called me and uh, wanted to ask a few questions, I would be supremely elated. However, I would want to know in advance what they wanted to ask. (laughs) What if they said, we want to ask you about this radio program that was uh, in its early years was recorded at your home. And they said, just a couple of questions. And I'm going to turn the tape recorder on now. And then you heard. Oh, there would be no hesitation there, Paul. I would have to say that that was a few of the most memorable times that I have stored in my bank, that I enjoyed every moment of it, that I was part of it. I'm not part of it, but that, see, I tend to uh, get carried away. That's perfect. <laughs> but that's the truth. They're the most memorable days in my in my in my bank. They were going to ask me another question. Another question? <laughs> Let's see. What if they asked you? Why do you think that they did it? Why do I think they did that? Well, it certainly isn't because of my fame and fortune and notoriety, nor my billboard exposure, and I haven't been in variety, I would have to say that uh, someone told them that I was the mother of Jeffrey Pike, if this pertains to music. Mm -hmm. I'm the mother of Patrick Pike as well. To approach me on that level, I guess I would have no, I I have no notoriety. I have nothing, I have nothing on tape. Nothing on the marquee, only to perhaps leave to my children, my grandchildren, and know that within myself, I didn't do what I know that I 
could have done. But I did get, but, but I did pass on to, uh, to my son and, uh, this gives me supreme, uh, supreme happiness. It really does. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our extreme pleasure to welcome a woman integral to the formation of an award-winning international radio program. Our very special guest has been a lifelong pianist. Her name is Phyllis and she joins us at last for an interview. This is just for all you listeners at home, should it ever air. But for now, this is for posterity. With no further ado, Phyllis. Thank you so much. Who is Phyllis? Paul, I've been asking myself who is Phyllis for a number of years. Who is Phyllis? I guess she's two people. I guess she's a, uh, she's a loving person. She's a giving person. She loves hard. But who is Phyllis? She's locked inside somewhere that I can't answer that because I don't know. I think most stories are best from the beginning. So tell me, where are you from originally? I am from Spartanburg, South Carolina. And what is Spartanburg, South Carolina like? Spartanburg, South Carolina holds the only beautiful peach that's to be held. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Spartanburg, South Carolina is is home, it's childhood, it's I don't really know how to answer what you want to hear. You want to, to get the impressions of my memories or yes. what it is like because I haven't been back to Spartanburg in many years since 94. So building-wise, street-wise, shop-wise, all I can say that it once was home. We do not want to go into the memories of home because I, you, we would be here for some time. Can you remember the music you heard around the house? Always, always, always. Sunday afternoon, that was there. There was classical music my, from my father, and if he wasn't listening to classical music, which rang throughout the house, he was he was playing violin and I was playing v- piano or reverse. I remember once that I was in my bedroom when I was a teenager, and my friends were into this rock thing, like, you know, uh, like Fats Domino, whatever. And there was a knock on my door, and it was my father. What do I hear in there? I said, well, Daddy. <laughs> he said, he disapproved. He disapproved, but not with, not with any harsh, you know. My father was very much, he, he, he was very much a musician and he's, he hasn't been given his due really. What kind of music I heard? See, I got off track with you there. No, no, that's fine. What, what kind of music did he play? Did he play music? Oh yes, he played, he played steel guitar. He played piano. He played violin. He played saxophone. He was pretty much like my son. He was, well, I say my son. I the same, but uh, not to that degree. What kind of music did he play? When you say steel guitar, it makes me think of country. He, music. he plays a lot of Larry, he played a lot of Larry Carlton. He played a lot of Les Paul. I don't recall any country country music coming from his room. I would just recall passing by. He played a double neck steel, and I remember one tune that he played. I do not know anything except. The title, and it was The Hands of Time, Turn Back the Hands of Time. 
And for some reason, that song intrigued me. And I recall sitting outside his door on the floor one afternoon, and he played that over and over. I'm sure he was playing for his own benefit to correct his mistakes or to get what he thought he didn't get right in the first place. But he came out, and he he saw me sitting there. And I was less than a teenager. It tugged at my heart, and and there was there were tears streaming down my cheeks, and he he thought that I was hurt in some way, and I said, "No, it's just the music that, just the music." And he played classical. He made sure that was the main focal point of music in my in my my life. I think everyone that's either a musician or just a very strong lover of music. They have certain artists that when they're growing up, there's no doubt about it, they loved that musician. I remember from my house, everybody in my family plays music. My father plays saxophone. My mother played a little on piano, was in a choir, and mostly played accordion. My oldest sister was into clarinet. The next oldest was uh, very serious into flute. And my youngest sister was into flute. So there was so much music in the house. And so there was so much to be exposed to, different kinds of music, from gospel music to, I remember my dad had a huge collection of classical music, but he also played jazz music. But there are certain artists that, to me, imprinted, and I remember them. So for you, what artist or artists do you remember thinking, this is my particular guy or band? You you had a tough one there, Paul, because uh, I remember. I, I, are we talking about as a small child, or are we talking about when we hear Van Cliburn or uh, songs that we just hear on recordings, such as the great artist of uh, uh, Mozart and Beethoven, and et cetera, et cetera? Or are we talking about a stand up like Frank Sinatra, Barry Manilow? I'm talking about like when there comes a certain point. I think in anyone's life. When their parents listen to a certain thing, and then a band or musician becomes distinctly theirs. Like, this is my own music. Sometimes it it was something that the parent listened to, but like uh, sometimes it becomes like, you know, I'm specifically requesting to hear this. <laughs> Do you remember when you were first starting to get your own musical identity, is what I'm saying? Kind of like when you said your father's disapproved of rock. I remember when... I was 15. My parents took me to uh, to an auditorium in North Charlotte, North Carolina. I saw Liberace. Now, forget his showmanship and just his fingers on the keys. That was a teenage. Teenagers have those feelings. <laughs> but I, we stood we stood three hours in line to get his autograph, and I, I, I only wanted to see his hands. Mm-hmm. It's just like with Elton John. When I met him, I, I wanted to, to see the hands that did that and i'm not giving you a very good interview no no i disagree (laughs) completely tell us about tell us about what it was that about liberace that appealed to you kitten on the keys just 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 his not his showmanship not his not his big robe his fancy rings but just the music that just the just the way he could pull the music from from the piano that's what i thought at the time and then, then I heard Peter Nero, and that really struck a chord. 
that really struck a chord. I read somewhere, I'm not sure where, but I read that Liberace had very soft hair. <laughs> yes, he, he did. I ran my fingers through that hair. <laughs> and he removed my hand and he said, in a very soft voice, Young lady, you're just a little young for this. Come back in a few years. So I go home and I gauze my hand and my up to my elbow and then it stays that way for a week. <laughs> Can you remember the first concert you ever went to see? The first concert as a, as, as growing up as a teenager, or mm -hmm. are you are you would you refer to Liberace as a concert? Certainly. Okay, I was fifteen. I guess that really that really gave me a uh, and Ferrante and Tasha, who can't remember Ferrante and Tasha. Tell us about that experience of seeing. Can't. I cried. I can't. You know, there's some things that you remember, and you can't remember the, the befores, and you can't remember the afters, which tells me that when you can only remember an incident, that perhaps you don't know at what age or what. But I just remember being just like as an adult, Gino Vanelli, Elton John. But as a teenager, no, I didn't play. I didn't play much rock at all. With my friends, I listened, and I never played much. I'd never played. I either had to sneak with that from my dad. Now there was gospel music in my home because my mother was. She played piano, but she was not gifted as a pianist, as you might say. She sang in the choir. She had a lovely voice, but. I relate all the music to my dad because he was one of four. His mother passed away almost after his birth. All four, including my father, were musicians. My grandfather remarried, maybe eight or nine from that marriage. So genetically speaking, the music had to come from my grandfather because his wife was not musical at all, yet all the children were. So there was some of my fondest memories were, as a child, going to this enormous wraparound porch, which belonged to my grandfather. And each member of his of his family, my dad, aunts, uncles, whatever, brought their own instrument. Of course, the piano was stationary there. They brought their own instruments and exchanged because each each one played first. You know, it was just first, just versatile. I would sit there, and I was just happy, just happy. That was Sunday afternoons. Oftentimes, my mother discouraged that because she said on their break, they went to the kitchen for a glass of tea, and she wasn't so sure they went for tea. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, it was all music. It was all music, and if my dad could see or be with Jeff at this point in his career, it would I can't imagine. I, I I can't even imagine what what pride or what the two of them could have done or together. But Jeffrey has quite a few legacies to leave. But I'm going to speak for him. His music came from his grandfather. I gave him some a little head start there, but I was given a head start. That's all. How did you get started on piano? There was always a piano in my home, and I, I remember, Paul, that I just climbed up on the bench. I must have been four, 
three, four, whatever, five at the most. I do remember that the first recital I gave I, that I was in, my little knees wouldn't come up to the bench to where my legs would go completely over. And when I walked out on the stage, the audience laughed because the kids before me were much older, and I thought they were laughing at me. And I was frightened. I was frightened to the point that I almost got up and ran. But my legs would not, they just would sort of dangle. And I remember that I played a, um, a prelude, a short prelude. It was a Chopin's prelude. Very short and sweet. Uh, Strauss to Waltz of the Flowers. And I played a little tune called Polly Wally Doodle All the Day. <laughs> If you could put it into words, what do you like about the piano? What do I like about it? Just the piano or just the piano organ or music itself? See, I was church organist for many years, and that also intrigued me, but not like the piano, because uh, just like today, if I were at my emotional best, I I love to play on rainy days. It just pulls something from... uh, I can just express myself, my fingers, and I have a tendency to play with my heart and the way I think instead of playing with what perhaps you, Jeffrey, or the couple in the back want to hear. I have a tendency to lose myself in the piano. I just express myself better with that. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. It does. I think personally, I have a very strong fondness of the piano. I like it quite simply. I like the way it sounds. Yeah. I like the way it looks. To me, a piano is a very sexy instrument. (laughs) It, True. It, it conjures up imagery, and I think I've found that piano players tend to be the strongest lovers of music. I've found that in the occasions where I've interviewed an entire band, the piano player and I will tend to have a bit of a, a more so than the other musicians, will tend to have a bit of an understanding. They'll seem to understand where I'm coming from with my questions, and they'll seem to see that I'm really interested in what they're doing. So I have a lot of respect for piano players. Not that I don't have respect for guitarists or bassists or all those other things, but that's just my personal answer, should anybody care to know. <laughs> well, I care. I, I think that's, an, that's important. I care. It's also uh, just the way it looks to me, because it's a beautiful instrument. It's a very beautiful instrument, and you walk into a room and you see that beautiful Steinway Grand or whatever, and you sit down, and with me, now Jeff can attest to this with me i know the minute my fingers touch the keys and i do one chord if i'm going to have an evening of giving full pleasure or if i'm going to not but it's just something about looking at the keys that you know what you can do you know what uh, it's a beautiful instrument and as you say it is a sexy instrument especially especially if you have a nice tan and uh little black dress with spaghetti straps and, uh, you know, the right amount of, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted to get a few of your favorites. These are various questions that I was wondering about. Who are your favorite songwriters? Who do you think is the best? Oh, my goodness, Paul. You're hitting me with big ones. You're hitting me with with big ones. I might take the fifth on that. George and Ira Gershwin, certainly. Cole Porter. Johnny Mercer. Had a birthday just last week, or would have had. Jeff Pye. 
that's a tough one to answer. I would. That's why uh, I should be forewarned as to uh, do we want Bach? Do we want Brahms? Do we want Fats Domino? Do we want Barbara Streisand? No. Do we want <laughs> Barbara Streisand? <laughs> I know, I know about your love for Barbara Streisand. You, you, you appreciate her talent in her music. Elton John. Definitely. Elton John. Tell us about meeting Elton John. Tell us about meeting Elton John. Jeffrey and I had gone to a Gino Vanelli concert. Was that at Variety Playhouse? I can't recall. But we were both dressed to the nines always when we saw Mr. Vanelli, just because of the respect and just were and uh, so we're there early and Jeffrey says, Mom, look, <laughs> there's Elton John up there. And of course I turned to look and he and he's with two other gentlemen with heavy heavy set guards on each end of his I almost said pew <laughs> of his row there. And I said, Jeff, I'm going to go speak to uh, Elton John and uh and he said, Uh uh-uh, uh, no mom, don't do that. You please don't. You you won't you won't get I said, just excuse me, please. So I excused myself from Jeffrey, and I, and one of the guards said, well, no, he's not to be disturbed tonight. I said, I only want three minutes. No more than, no more than three minutes. And he looked at me, Elton John looked at me, and he said, let her through, let her through. So I go behind his seating, and I'm sitting in the seat behind him, and he turns around, and the first thing I said to him was, May I see your hand? And he looked at me, Paul, like I was an idiot. He said, my hands? I said, please, just may I see your hands? I'd like to see the fingers that all this magnificent music and melody and compositions, I I just want to see your hands. He showed me his hands, and I said, this is off record. I said, my goodness, you have such short, stubby little fingers. (laughs) He said, uh, I said, but I... I'm such a such an admirer and uh, such a love of your music, and you're such a. I went on and on, but I was careful to watch my watch. I did. I, I was not. I was very careful. And he said, "And and you and you?" I said, "Well, I'm a pianist as well." And I said, "I play at a local country club here, and I play a little bit of your music." And I suppose he was thinking that I might be playing some of his music from the live in Australia, you know. And he said, "Oh." What what do you play? I, I said, oh, I, I quite well. I do sweet painted lady, <laughs> and we laughed, we laughed, and a few more words were exchanged, and I was just so impressed. So I gave him my card. I said, I tell you what, I said, if you ever need my services and you're having a nice cocktail party and need entertainment, feel free to call me. I said, my name is Phyllis Floyd. Here's my little pink card. He kept it, and I saw him again about six months later at Phipps Plaza at, what's what's the restaurant there? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Is Tavern the Tavern. The, the Tavern. Yeah. I was with the date, and I said, uh, that's Elton John over in the corner. He was with a group of five people, five guys, and uh-huh. perhaps a girl. I don't recall. And I said, uh, I excused myself, and I said, I'm, I need to powder my nose, so to speak. This is true. So I go by his table, and I stop for a moment. We make eye contact, but I, I mean, you know, no big deal. I mean, who am I? A little peon with a plays piano with a pink card that says "Music by Phyllis." <laughs> 
So on my way back, I decided, well, that, that just is, that didn't suit well with me. So I stopped again and I said, excuse me. I said, uh, and that's as far as I got. He said, I remember you. He said, you're the lady with the pink car. You think that I have stubby little fingers. And he laughed and he said, it's such a pleasure to see you again. I said, well, I hope that I didn't take any more than three minutes at the Vanelli concert. He said, oh, you were fine. So that was nice. Very nice. I love that story. It's fine. You find that people even, you find, we tend to put our entertainers and our movies, actors, actresses on the pedestal. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, they go to bed, they answer their phone, they take off their makeup, they slip into their nighty just just like we do. <laughs> What about just your favorite all-around musicians? We talked about the composers of music, but just your favorite musicians. Chris Bode, Josh Groban, Barry Manilow, Barbara Streisand, Easy Listening, Good Jazz, Kenny G. That's a list. That's a list of uh, Jeff Pike. I have to agree with you on Manilow, definitely. Did I say Gino Vanelli in there? Gino Vanelli. There's another one. All right. Of all the concerts you've been to in your life, is there one that is at the top of the list? There's one at the top of the list that I missed, and that was Gino Vanelli. And I can't tell you what year. I only know that Jeff saw that alone at the Fox, and that Gino Vanelli was perhaps 22 or 23. He composed, conducted, did the whole nine yards, and that was Storm at Sunup. You saw Gemini. You saw Brother to Brother, and I stand corrected. I guess the reason I missed Storm at Sunup was in a dream that I had once, and I was coming down the aisle in a cloud of smoke, and he was doing Storm at Sunup coming after me. And I was in a long, flowing, chiffon white dress, <laughs> like a teenage dream. Sorry about that, no, Paul. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Back when you were performing, like at the Atlanta Country Club, like that was advertised on the pink business card, What were those performances like? Absolutely the best years of my life after raising my family and giving and making a home. Oh, it was what it was like. It was like walking into the room and like you say, the the candles are glowing and you see the piano there and you know what you can do. It's just something you know that you're meant to do and you know that you can do it. And where did all the years go that... You didn't do this. But they went to my family, and I was supremely happy raising my, giving my time to that. Wouldn't trade it for, 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 for the world. Not for the world. If you ever recorded your music, what do you think you would record? If there was ever a time that you did say, you know what, I'm going to record something that I'm playing, whose music would you record? What songs is what I'm saying? Just a couple. Claire de Lune. Moonlight Sonata, Liebestrom, Chopin's Polonaise. If I if I if, if I could do that now, in the E flat major or what whatever the one I that I played. At any rate, that was back when. Soft, easy listening, Stardust, Laura, you name them. They go back to oldies that I remember my father teaching me that his father taught him. Sentimental reasons. The old lamplighter, that was an oldie. 
You don't. That goes way back before your your time. Easy, good jazz, but I don't play jazz that well, as well as I as the as the musicians that I hear. But then again, I I probably could if I had if I had been taught, or if I learn, or if I sit down and do it. And I do find at times when I sit down, I I, I can bring tunes to my to my being that and the rhythm to my being that. Uh, I didn't know was there, and then again, I I can fall back into the uh, nice, easy, gloomy, rainy music. Like I know you don't remember this one, and I couldn't tell you who wrote the tune "Gloomy Sunday," and that was way before my time. Gloomy Sunday. I've tried to find that on the internet. Hmm. Gloomy Sunday. You find it? Let me know. I will let you know. It for some reason it's ringing some kind of bell. I played it last night a little bit, but I. I was off key last night. I was just playing around with Jeff's piano, but uh I'm thinking that if my memory serves me, I think it has to do with a death. I'm not sure. Because uh da 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 the whole life is lonely. Then the real grand finale is it's a and I cannot go that low. Gloomy Sunday. If you find that, let me know. I will do so. I'll sing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> this can be a hard question for people to answer. What do you like about music? I asked you, what do you like about the piano? Oh, you're hitting me with hard. You're really hitting me with. Now, we've both agreed this is off record completely. That's all I've ever known. That that's the first thing I can recall as 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 a toddler. I like it because it 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 express you you express your feeling. You can express sadness. You can express gaiety. You can uh, I'm told change your mood altogether. I'm not gifted in that direction. I tend to play as I feel from the heart. And if it's gloomy Sunday, it's gloomy Sunday. If it's uh, a day at the races, it's a day at the races, you know. Perhaps that's because I didn't spend enough time out there entertaining that I say that, because I play mostly for my own enjoyment now, and I do play a lot, a lot. And that was a poor answer I just gave you, wasn't it? No, not at all. Don't be so hard on yourself. It's interesting because the show started with the world of Jimmy Buffett. But it's gone to so many different worlds, and it's touched on so many different things. And all of that, in the beginning, was filtering through Short Leaf Drive. And wow. And I have many, many fond memories of that house. Tell us just from an observer, because nobody else has had the opportunity to see a lot of the shows recorded. What was it like observing the show? What was your impression of it when you think about it now? When I think about it now, I wondered what what's going on. Is this just something that's going to be a an avenue that has a dead end or whatever? But the more I heard of, of you and Jeffrey and the and the uh, artist and the recordings, and I would go to sleep at night and uh, remember, oh, there's music bouncing off every all my walls. And speaking of Jimmy Buffett, that we won't leave. Jimmy out of this. The Crayola, that's among my favorite Crayola. 
I would say cheeseburger in paradise, but that is not my favorite. <laughs> I do like it. The Creola. Yeah. Composed by Ralph McDonald, who was a guest on our show. An amazingly talented man. I have to ask you this, just because you brought it up. Jimmy Buffett, I don't feel like he's someone that's really recognized the way he should be. He is, it does seem like when people think about him in the popular culture, it's the cheeseburger in paradise and the margaritaville that comes to mind. That's true. But you brought up Crayola. I like that because you're recognizing his more intellectual side and his more romantic and more emotional side, which I believe, for the record, is closer to him as a person, in my personal opinion. But with that said, I have to ask you about not only Jeff Pike, but also Pat Pike, because your sons are both immense music fans. Jeff obviously is a musician, but there are musicians and songs that I was turned on to that now I can't imagine what it was like without them that Jeff got me to listen to. And I remember going to shows with Pat, and it was just, there have just been so many musical adventures that I would have never had a chance to go on. It's been amazing. It's encompassed everything. Patrick has a world of knowledge in his head of music, but he is there for his own thinking or using. But, yes, he does know music, and he's a uh, avid Almond Brothers, as you well know. And I was going to say Queen, and, uh, oh, Paul, I could just rattle off. You see, I grew up with all of this. Yeah. I grew up with Led Zeppelin. I. ACDC. So I have the best of both worlds. I I have the classics, and I have the medium rock, and I have the nice, soft, easy jazz that I heard come from 6 to 10 shortly drive. <laughs> the reason I say all that is because I want people to understand that in the beginning of the show, I was just surrounded with so many different types of music, and that is why, in some ways, I mean, first of all, it comes from just my entire life, just listening to all types of music. But I remember the house, when you came in, the first thing you see is the piano, but then there's representative of just every type of music in that house. True. From, from artists that you've never heard of, <laughs> to Led Zeppelin, Queen, The Beatles. Kiss. Jackson Brown. Let's not leave out Jackson. Jackson Brown, Billy Joel, Jerry <laughs> Oh, Billy Joel. See, we could see this. The the road goes on forever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've said that many times on the show. Thank God it's true. I have a few more questions before we go. If you could eat dinner with any living musician and have a, an evening of dinner, cocktails, and conversation, who would it be? Living. Living. I'm not going to say Vanilli because that's too. Uh, I'm not going to say uh, Barry Manilow. I have so many, Paul. I, I can't. I can't pick one. I'd like to. I would like to take center stage <laughs> <laughs> and have them all there. I guess it would be. I guess I would like to have a very nice evening of entertainment and good conversation with Barry Manila. Good choice. Now, let me ask you this. What would you eat? What would you order? Probably just a salad and hope that I could get through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What would you 
order to drink? What is your cocktail? Well, as you well know, I'm a uh, single malt scotch lady, as well as a a good, well-preserved wine. So I would order the wine in order to keep my composure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have one more question. When this show is typically broadcast, it goes out to people all over the place, in other countries and throughout our own country. If you could say anything you wanted to to all the people that would potentially listen in, what would you say to those people? That if they are listening, then they know they're listening to a an, a number one top award show. If they have been interviewed, they have been interviewed by the finest. One who makes you very comfortable, very easy to talk to. And they have very good taste. And if they have turned this interview down for any reason whatsoever, it will haunt them one day. (laughs) I like that answer a lot. Well, Phyllis, thank you so much. Well, Paul, you're very welcome, and I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is I who thank you. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer. Written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour. <laughs>